today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Thank God for that son, that daughter. They're a gift from the Lord. I know sometimes it doesn't seem like it, but they're a gift and the Lord loves them more than you ever could. And the Lord wants them to be right with Him more than even you do. Thank God for that. That's huge. Then ask Him very specifically, Lord, I'm not the vessel in their life. They're not receiving from me. So Lord, send somebody into their life that they will receive from. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching a special series related to the global coronavirus pandemic. Today, Pastor J.D. talks to us about worry and fear and how easily we can be overtaken by them. We worry about our loved ones who don't know God and what that will mean for them when the Lord returns. But be reminded today that though you love them so much, God loves them even more. He desires to see them in heaven. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear more information about how you can get a copy of today's broadcast or subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast and even download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Philippians chapter 4 as he begins his message, Peaceful in it or fearful of it. I sense that the Lord would have me to talk about this prevalent fear, this growing fear over the coronavirus crisis, specifically concerning the future and what the future is going to look like and hold on the other side of this. I'm reminded of that famous saying that we don't know what the future holds, but as Christians we do know who holds the future, and that's certainly the case in this day in which we live. The truth of the matter is only God knows the future, and only God knows how this will end, and perhaps more importantly when this will end, and as some might be asking if this is even going to end. And in the meantime we're dealing with this one day at a time, and in so doing we can either be peaceful in it or fearful of it. And that's what I want to talk with you about. The Lord had impressed this on my heart the last couple of weeks, and as I inquired of Him, it was pretty clear that this was the word that He would have for us. I've shared this in the past, and I've been very open, very candid about my own struggle in this area. I know firsthand what it's like to have a spirit of fear own me and control me and defeat me and paralyze me in its terrorizing grip. I know this all too well, but thankfully I can now testify that by the grace of God I have victory vis-a-vis the peace of God. And that's not to say that fear doesn't still rear its ugly head. It does on occasion, 
But now when it does, I know how to biblically, practically replace it with the peace of God from the God of peace. And I want to share that with you again, very practically. I want to draw your attention to the epistle that Paul, by the Holy Spirit, wrote to the church in Philippi, Philippians, the fourth chapter. And I want to read verses six through nine. You can certainly pull that up or turn there in your Bibles and follow along. The Apostle Paul is writing, and in so doing, he's really providing us by way of the Holy Spirit how it is to be victorious when it comes to worry, anxiety, and fear. I was at the store just today uh, at the checkout. They have now X's on the floor. You have to be six feet apart. And I kind of wanted to uh, bless uh, the lady behind the counter. And so I started off just asking her, hey, how are you holding up with all of this? And she had this this look on her face like, I mean, you could just see the stress, the frustration, the anxiety. She said, you know, people are so frustrated. We, we have to do this. It's for our own safety and our own protection. And people need to buy groceries, but we have to do this. We have to wipe down the shopping carts and sanitize them. We have to be six feet apart. I couldn't even go up to the cash register until the person that was in front of me was completely done putting all of their stuff into the bag and had left. I couldn't even walk up to the uh, checkout. And so I I, I said to her, uh, how are you holding up in all of this? And she said, well, we're doing the best we can. And I just said, you know what, you're doing a great job keep up the good work. I know that frustration levels are very high. Anxiety is very high. People are very afraid, very scared, very impatient. And she said, oh, you have no idea. I said, well, I want to be that one customer that just doesn't give you a hard time. I'm sure you've had your share today. And then when we were done and I was checking out, uh, I just said to her, you just have a blessed rest of the day. And she just smiled. And that was the first time she smiled the whole time. By the way, that's a, and we've talked about this before, that is a great way to really move people closer to Jesus every day, move someone every day closer to Jesus. So now the next time I go in, and there will be a next time I go in, and I got my mask on, by the way. My wife made me a mask. I actually went into the bank with it yesterday, and I looked like a a bank robber. Of course, I wasn't the only one. Everybody else had masks on, but mine's made out of material. It's not white, so it looks like a scarf, like I'm trying to hide my mug. And anyway, that's six feet apart, go up to the bank teller, and uh, again, a good experience and an opportunity to, and I want to actually talk about that at the end of our time together tonight. So Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 6, the Apostle Paul writes, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. 
And the peace of God, verse 7, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, very important. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned, verse 9, or received, or heard from me, or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Uh, It's important to note that it's the peace of God from the God of peace. And here Paul is explaining how it's actually possible to have peace regardless of the situation in your life, the perilous situation, the uncertainty of the future that you face. I'm hoping you'll just kind of hear me out and indulge me for just a moment. I want to pose a question. And the question is this. With all that's happening right now, what is your biggest fear? I'll give you just a moment. What is the thing that you are most fearful of with everything that is happening now with this coronavirus. Now, take that greatest fear and let's take this Philippians template, as it were, if I can call it that, and let's practically apply it to that specific worry that specific anxiety, that specific fear that you have in your life right now. Let's say that it's financial, okay? First, thank God for all that He's provided over the years. He's never failed you. He's always provided. All that you have need of, He's always provided. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And His people will never beg bread. If you have need of it, He is faithful to provide it. So first, thank God for His provision in your life over the years. And I think it's very appropriate, even very healthy, to recall those times in your life when it didn't look good, and God at that 11th hour, as only He can, and is always so faithful to, provided from an unseen treasury in a way that you could have never known. And He did so exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything you could have ever imagined. He over answered your prayer, and He did so so that He alone would get the glory. So think about those, and thank God for those times where God has always provided. Then, once you've thanked Him, then ask Him to meet your immediate needs, and be specific. And it's not like the Lord doesn't know 
He knows. I mean, they've been called directional prayers where we pray and we give God directions and instructions on how to answer our prayer. Lord, here's, did you see this bill that came in the mail? He's all knowing. Of course he knows that bill that came in the mail. He also knows your bank balance. And he also knows that that bill that came in the mail is more than the balance that you have in the bank. He doesn't need to be made aware of that. All you do is you ask, Lord, this is my need. You have promised me, you have given me your word. You have promised me that you will provide my every need. This is my need. Please, Lord, provide this need. And he will. Let's uh, take it one step further. And let's talk about this fear. This is a very real fear. This is one of the most often asked questions that I get. There are so many people that love the Lord, long for the Lord's return. I think about the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, and he says that he's run the race, he's finished the race, and there is awaiting him the crown of righteousness, and not just him, but for all of those who long, even yearn, even ache for the Lord's return. Those that long for His return are those that have a crown of righteousness waiting in glory. So it's kind of bittersweet. Because yeah, we want the Lord to return. And certainly as we see what's happening in the world right now, in particular, we know that the Lord's return draws ever so nigh, that His return is even at the door, and that the rapture of the church is imminent and can happen at any time, especially as we see the direction that everything is going, this global crisis being now managed by global governance. And this is exactly the perfect storm as it relates to what we're told in the book of Revelation as it relates to the seven-year tribulation. And we know that the rapture has to happen before the seven-year tribulation. And if we see things that are beginning to come to pass now, that ultimately find their fulfillment in the seven-year tribulation, and the rapture comes before, then how close are we? So again, it's bittersweet. And it's bittersweet because we have loved ones who don't know the Lord, or they're away from the Lord, and they're going to be left behind were the Lord to return. And that is a real fear. That is a real fear. That is very real. And I just want to encourage you first, and I want you to think this through with me. This is something the Lord ministered to me over the years that has really settled my heart and helped me immeasurably. And it's first, thank God that He loves them more than you ever could. That son, that daughter, that grandson, that granddaughter, that loved one, that family member that you've been praying for. And it seems like the more you pray for them, the farther away they get. Thank God that He wants them in heaven more than even you do. 
That is the fact of the matter. Why is it important to first thank? Because the Apostle Paul gives us this three-pronged approach. I I don't like to use the word formula, but in in a way it sort of is. It's a a three-pronged or a three-step formula. First, thank God for everything. And you, you have so much that you can thank God for. Start there. Thank God for that son, that daughter. They're a gift from the Lord. I know sometimes it doesn't seem like it, but they're a gift and the Lord loves them more than you ever could. And the Lord wants them to be right with Him more than even you do. Thank God for that. That's huge. Then ask Him very specifically, Lord, I'm not the vessel in their life. They're not receiving from me. So Lord, send somebody into their life that they will receive from. Maybe a friend that will share the gospel with them. Lead them to a a YouTube video, something online. Lead them to an online service where they hear the gospel. Lord, you can do that. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. And by the way, when we ask anything according to His will, we have this promise, this assurance that He will give us that which we ask for. One more thing I want to encourage you with, and it's in Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Actually, and I know, I I hope you don't tire of me saying this, but Romans 8 is so great. It is the best chapter, bar none, for anybody that is really struggling or even doubting the love that God has for them. Maybe they're being crushed under the weight of Satan's condemnation. I mean, verse 1 in Romans 8 starts right out of the chute with this grand and glorious promise that there is therefore now no condemnation, no guilt, no more for those that are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.28, very well known. For we know, not hope, think, wish, (laughs) we know that God works all things together for the good to them that love Him and are called according to His purpose. And Romans 8.29 tells us what that purpose is, and the purpose is to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. And through that trial, through that difficulty, through that that pain and suffering, God is making you more like Jesus. You will come out on the other side of it, and you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Psalm 27 verses 13 and 14 was really a life verse and promise for me. David writes that he had almost given up. He had lost hope. And then he says that were it not for knowing that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, I would have lost heart. I would have been completely given over to despair. And he talks to himself in that verse. It's so precious, I guess, for lack of a better word, if I can say it like that. He says to himself, you just wait, (laughs) be strong, wait, you'll see, just be strong and and take heart. Don't be discouraged and, and don't be given over to fear. So in Romans 8 verse 32, I mean, to me, ah, how do I say this? It's 
I mean, it really should close the file once and for all on every doubt, every fear, every worry, every anxiety. When you petition the throne and you cry out to the Lord, you can know that He will hearken under the voice of your cry. He will hear from on high. And here's why. Verse 32, Romans 8. Listen to this. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, this is rhetorical, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? You know what Paul's saying here? It's almost, I hate to say it this way, but it's a, almost a, a sanctified sarcasm. Like, are you kidding me? Really? God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son to die for you? He would not withhold His Son for you? And if, if He was willing to do that, is there anything that he would not be willing to do? I mean, won't he along with that, because of that, in light of that, graciously give you all things? What's he going to withhold from you? James writes, when we ask for wisdom, God is going to give you wisdom, and he's not going to withhold. He's not going to be stingy. Imagine, God gave us His only begotten Son, Jesus the Christ, to die for us in payment in full for all of our sins. And what? God is going to say, okay, that's it. You're on your own now. I gave you my Son. Now it's up to you. No. If He's willing to give us His Son, what would He be unwilling to give us? That's what Paul is saying. So if we ask anything, and if it's good, God will give it to us. Now, if it's not, He will withhold it. And believe you me, you should be very thankful that He doesn't give you that which you ask for, because God knows the end from the beginning. I've heard it said this way, and I love this, and this has helped me so much in my prayer life over the years. But it's basically, it goes like this. God will always answer your prayers the same exact way you would if you knew what He knew. So sometimes we pray and God's like, no, you you don't want me to answer that prayer. You know, I'm thankful that God has answered prayer, but perhaps more importantly, I'm even more thankful for the prayers that God did not answer. Because had he answered that prayer the way I prayed it, it would have been disastrous. So God has this built-in protection according to his will. He will give you that which you ask for. Thanks for joining Pastor J.D. today on In Spirit and Truth. We know that this time in our nation is uncertain, but one thing remains steadfast. God is in control. We encourage you to spend time during this season in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of God. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe is holding services online only. We would still love to worship with you virtually, so please join Pastor JD at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. 
You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to be notified when each week's service is made available. Pastor J.D. will continue to share his Mideast prophecy updates as well. In these, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them with prophecies found in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these on YouTube or on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying for you about? If so, send an email to us at office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Would you do the same for us, please? Keep Pastor J.D. and our church staff in your prayers, asking the Lord to guide us as we navigate this new and unexpected time in history. And of course, please keep our nation and our leaders in your prayers too, as well as all those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying, and thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth.